This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 27th, episode 2485. Oh, my God, July's almost over. This episode was brought to you by Kemen Equine. Good morning, horse world. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Yes, welcome. It's Monday. Woohoo! Fantastic. <laughs> so happy. And I mentioned, um, does is July awesome anywhere besides maybe like Wyoming? I mean, July has to suck everywhere. So the fact that we're so close to August, which also usually kind of sucks, um, it's just like hot and sticky and gross. July is never a fun place anywhere. Am I wrong or am I right? Well, Maybe think, Australia? Think about how much you're looking forward to July in January, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm actually like, I'm kind of looking forward to May <laughs> when it's January. <laughs> I, I've got Abby here. Abby's staying with us and she's been here, you know, off and on for a, the better part of a month. And I, all I do is go, oh, it's so hot. To, oh, wait, wait, you're from Arizona. No wonder you're hiding in Oklahoma because Arizona July is the yeah, worst. Yeah, you forget place. how hot it was a couple of years ago when you were. I don't think I forget. Um, because there's, but there's magical things here in Oklahoma called clouds, which are like the coolest thing <laughs> in the world. Cause all of a sudden you'll be in the sun and oh, it's cloudy. I saw a video. Maybe of, that way for a I saw a video of a tornado in Arizona the, over the weekend. I thought, well, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. I know the haboobs are, but yeah, no, for the most part where I'm, I'm, uh, July is much better here. You just have to get up pretty early, but again, you're not, your skin's not melting off. So that's good. Well, on today's show, our Equiderma guest is Yvonne Barto, founder of Horses Without Humans Rescue Organization to speak to us about the work she's doing with her rescue in Florida, plus some equine news. And yes, you guys have a lot of problems. And so we're going to cover those in Equestrian First World Problems. Check it out. Well, uh, I got a good story for you to start the day. This is an inspiring story. It's about a girl named Madison Harris and her 20-year-old gypsy pony. And they went to a show in England called the West Weston Lawns Show, and they won. And the reason this is so exciting is she is in remission after two and a half years of treatment for leukemia, and she won her first championship last weekend. And that it was also on the same day that her sister won a, another, a different uh, championship. So both kids won championships. Uh, she has been riding since the age of three, but she started British show jumping when she was diagnosed. So she was diagnosed at the same time she started jumping. Uh, and the only thing that was wrong, she had a sore back. 
she complained of a sore back, and they went in and they started doing uh, test after test after test, and they discovered that she had leukemia. She was confined to a wheelchair for 18 months, during which time she underwent chemotherapy. So think about this. We have this uh, 10-year-old girl who's <clears throat> competing in the 11 and under division at this jumping show. She couldn't walk for almost two years. She was in a wheelchair. And wow. here she is competing and doing very well. She also did some some really cool stuff while she was sick. She did a fundraising campaign called Don't Stare, It's Only Hair. <laughs> Encouraged people to shave their heads and to raise awareness of children undergoing chemotherapy. And she raised 50,000 pounds in total and uh, donated that to charity. And she was invited to 10 Downing Street, their version of the White House, and also the New York Stock Exchange to ring the bell that starts the day's trading. So, Oh, my gosh. All just this by the age of 10. There's people that are so much better than you out there. <laughs> better than you and me. Amazing. Isn't what that a cool amazing? And by the age of 10, she's done all of that. And uh, good on her for being healthy and out there winning, winning competitions. That's, That's so awesome. good to see. Also, we're thinking about our listeners, before we get to our daily winnies, that we're thinking about our listeners in Texas with the flooding today, with the, the hurricane over the weekend. I saw a lot of towns underwater, and I know we have some listeners down that way. So our thoughts are with you. Be safe, and uh, we hope you and your ponies are both safe. We have a flash flood warning in effect for tonight, and I think it's because it has a rain here. that storm, or? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's coming. They're, they're saying it's coming, and tonight there's going to be flash flood warnings. But I think it's because it hasn't rained here in quite some time that the ground is not ready for it kind of thing. So I don't know. We'd well, don't hide in that basement bunker. That'd probably be bad. If you're no, I'm not going to ever, ever go in there, ever. <laughs> All right, let's uh, do our Daily Winnies. Well, we have some of these. Happy birthdays to auditors Ellen Atridge and Jackie Teeson. Happy birthday to both of you. We have a bunch of new auditors, too. Jamie last week, Nancy Jones, Samantha DeGroote, Nicole Vita, and Laura Marshall. And also had a couple that raised their pledges. We have Jackie Brozier and Ariel Wolf raised their pledges last week. So welcome to all the new auditors. If you haven't gone into the HRN Auditors page, just search for HRN Auditors. You also should receive an email with instructions on how to get the super secret post show and listen to the post show that Jamie and I do in today's post show. Jamie doesn't know anything about it, but today's post show is going to be an article I saw where we might actually agree with PETA on something. And I wanted what? to talk to I know. I know. I wanted talking to talk crazy. I wanted to talk to you about it and see if you're as surprised as me. You never know what you're going to get here at Flyover Farms, and that is a, uh, a bunch of horses have come in for training. I have three horses in full training, and um, I say three horses. It's actually two horses and what is now going to be known as the hippopotamus. <laughs> I I have separate I this video. <laughs> paddocks. I have separate paddocks for all the horses in training, but you know we're still kind of building the farm. So one of the paddocks is a, an electric fence. So it's huge. It's really big. It's plenty of space for one mare who's super quiet, super chill, and um, really easygoing. And her name is Cameo. 
now known as the hippo because yesterday we're sitting in the house and all of a sudden we hear, I mean, my, my back window opens up to the giant pasture, right? Which is where my horses live. Uh, and so I hear, and like you hear thundering hooves galloping across the pasture. And I looked up and I was like, huh, cameo has let herself out of the electric fence. I don't know how I'm pretty sure she just, she's really big and she just decided to give it a go and just ran right through it because the, uh, right at where the gate part is. So she blasted through the gate and I, she's galloping around. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I walk outside and she gallops up to the herd, stops and starts eating. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess she's going to be out for a little while before I went to get her, I uh, walked outside and Abby was like, you got to come see this. This heck of a big ginormous mare who is solid brown is in our pond laying down rolling and not just at the edge. She is in the flat middle of the pond, rolling in the mud, dripping mud, dripping off of her, just almost like rolled all the way over to where her whole face went underground. Anyway, so she is now known as the hippo. <laughs> so welcome hippopotamus to flyover farm. Post that, uh, post that as a public thing and uh, go viral. Maybe you get 10 million views like Scooter did. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'll post a video of her <laughs> on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page. Yes, do uh, that. Yeah, maybe that will help it go viral. Cause, it was, and, uh, and be sure you put uh, on there, you know, as seen on Horses in the Morning or something. Yes, I'll put. I'll give us credit. Yeah, yeah cause... you you posted video of Scooter, and now ten billion people have shared it like it's their pony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was amazing because that horse went all the way in, all the way up to his eyeballs. I mean, <laughs> was, she owned it. That she was a hot horse. I'm going to go in here and cool off. Yeah, it wasn't even that hot yesterday. Uh, so now I so I called her owner and I was like, "Hey, so your horse is kind of out with my." She's like, "Okay, that's fine, no problem. Just let her be." <laughs> so now Cameo has won her freedom <laughs> from the paddock into the giant pasture with all the horses in the pond. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, Cameo. You did it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they get what they want eventually, don't they? Hey, yes. we have some news stories here for you uh, in this first half hour before we get to our guests and then the question of first world problems later. So, you know, have you heard of the Space Force, the U.S. Space Force? It's the new military wing uh, that is in charge of uh, military in space, basically. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of Tony Stark should be involved. You yes, know. exactly. Exactly. But has yes. your husband signed up for the Space Force yet? So he, he, can... he has not signed no. up for the Space Force. Okay. My husband and I, here's the thing about us. We don't discuss politics <laughs> ever. Anything politically, yeah, we, we just ignore <laughs> because there is no way that my husband and I are ever going to agree on anything. <laughs> Mr. Military, I'm like, I want to go see the flowers outside. And he's like, we need to spray the yard and kill everything. You know, I'm like, the bees need friends, you know, and he's like, this is anyway. Um, so just knowing that, just know that my husband and I very much do not discuss anything that could lean towards talk about Donald Trump or the the presidency or the politics and space force has been very politicized um well, so I didn't much even so that I <laughs> Oh you didn't no. oh my god yeah. No all so, I know is that they now have own a horse Well I was going to tell you that there's a new TV show on Netflix Oh yeah but I tried it it was awful I couldn't get through the first one, but he thought <laughs> it was so pretty awful. funny. I love Steve Carell, but I couldn't get through it either. Yeah. So the the Space Force. I wanted is, to like it because I wanted a new comedy, but oof, that was. 
Yeah, it's like they were trying too hard or something. Something was wrong with that show. Uh, Writing. They needed new writers there on that one. But anyway, the Space Force does exist. Apparently, they're out at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. And they got themselves a horse. Uh, they they got a Mustang. And they apparently have several horses. Now, all I could picture when I saw this story, you know oh, how the man. astronauts are... blasting them into space. Yeah, you know how the astronauts are laying on their back when they mm-hmm. take off? That's all I could picture was the horse with all f- four legs in the air, laying on its back, waiting to take off into space. And I c- kind of didn't know why they needed a horse in space. Uh, that then maybe they're heavier and, you know, like if they're landing on they're the moon. They're not sending these horses to space, <laughs> no. right? No, but that's what I pictured. I had that all in my mind before I read what they're actually doing with the horses. See the politics, Glenn. <laughs> We've got to protest. Can't you imagine horse. the horse laying with his legs up, though? Uh, in the capsule waiting to take off. So apparently they're part of the Conservation Military Working Horse Force. And that is, we've talked about this in the past. There is a a group out of Vandenberg Air Force Base that patrol the borders. Members of the military patrol the borders with horses because they can get to places that Jeeps and things can't get to. So they're now part of this. Apparently the, the... Space Force had to do something. I don't know what else they've done. Uh, but Ghost is their newest military working horse, and it is a Mustang. And uh, we're glad he found a home and he has a job. So yeah. yeah, a lot of the horses that come from Carson City, uh, the Mustangs that I like, where I got Zeus and Thor. Uh, the, those horses, they'll train maybe one every fifth group goes down to the border to patrol the Mexico border. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They trained a lot of them for that. So there's a, there's a lot of it. But yeah, apparently um, Space Force needs some patrolling as well. <laughs> okay, just picture it. All day you're going to be picturing this horse laying upside down <laughs> with his legs up pointing towards the sky. Houston, ready to launch. <laughs> hey, one of your friends and, and somebody that's been a regular guest in our show had a pretty good weekend. Man, that horse, my bum, is uh, probably one of the nicest horses I've ever seen ever. And that is a horse that is ridden by Tammy Smith. And this story is just so great because I remember her daughter, when I was in Arizona, we would go out to California to do a lot of clinics or Galway downs or something. And you would always see Tammy with her daughter and she's her daughter an didn't really new, ride that much. New listener. She's an inventor from the North somewhere. Right? Uh, yeah. But she lives in California lives now. In California. She's actually okay. from the East coast and then moved to the West coast years ago. But anyway, yeah. So I remember her and her daughter hanging out and her daughter would always groom for her. Well, her daughter's now up and at him, man and do and killing it. Yeah. They uh, competed this weekend at Rebecca farm, which is a show that's up North. Uh, that's and- in Montana. Montana. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful places and it's very prestigious and awesome. News, Tammy got first with my bum, second with Danito, third with In Vogue in the advanced division, and Kaylana got fourth. (laughs) (laughs) It was a family operation over the weekend. It was, it was. They owned it. Very cool. Yeah. They did very well. Now, this is what I wanted to ask you about. So, uh, Tammy and Lexus, who's a 14-year-old German sport horse. My bum. Uh Right. Oh, that's my bum? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. They began their weekend with the Dressage Shore 17. Is that even possible? Dude, it is possible if you see this horse. Seven, now, look, give some, a normal, what would a normal be? If you're in the 20s, you're doing really good. If you get to 20, you're in yeah. first place. Yeah, you're and doing really you, well. 30s is acceptable, and, you know, and you're going to be in the running. 17? <laughs> yeah, you're, that's embarrassing. You've embarrassed everybody. <laughs> 
<laughs> she finished 14 points ahead of everybody. <laughs> it's like of herself. Basically, she finished 14 points ahead of herself. Um, but 17 points. I don't know that I've ever seen a score that low in, in, in eventing. Yeah, they're they're few a few and far between for sure. Ooh, is that like would that be an an eighty five or an, in dressage, something like that? A seventeen, if you minus seventeen from a hundred, be an eighty three. Yeah, very good. So that's what it would be. That would be the comparable in eighty three. An eighty three. Wow. <laughs> Just That's really pretty nice. damn good for an event horse. <laughs> but again, that the horse Lexus is she competed him quite a bit. She took him over to the East Coast a couple years ago and, and he it got hurt. And so now it's like his comeback, and I'd say he's doing pretty well. Yeah, I wouldn't give that horse up anytime soon. Uh, no. <laughs> unless, of course, you want to sell it to a celebrity. Can I, I ask don't. you a question? How much did you pay for your first horse or pony when you were a kid? Okay. My first pony, her name was Misty. And I don't really even count her as a first pony because she was 30 when we got her. <laughs> and she's like a 30-year-old skeleton. Her name was Misty. And uh, she was free. She was given to us, basically, because we bought some property and I wanted a pony. And they're like, hey, here's a free pony. Uh, that's 30. And so that's pretty much... we. We, we spent zero dollars. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, I asked her this morning, and her first pony that the family had cost $5. So it was a little more expensive than Ooh, yours. Oh, she's pricey. <laughs> and then her first horse that she had for herself that wasn't a family horse was $1,500. And she said it was the worst horse she's ever owned. So so there you go. The $5 one she said was better. Now, my first <laughs> pony, we bought at New Holland uh, Sales Stables for $90. So, Ooh. I, you know, I bought the expensive one. Uh, but so when I saw this story over the weekend, Kylie Jenner has a daughter named Stormy. By the way, you name your daughter Stormy. Remember what we say about horses' names? Aren't you asking for trouble later? You mean for your daughter to be a stripper? <laughs> or or just a troublemaker or when Stormy she's a Daniels teenager? Star, yes. a movie star. Yeah. Of- Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, she decided that her her daughter, two years old, keep in mind, needed a pony. Well, she didn't pay. She didn't pay zero dollars. She didn't pay five dollars. She didn't even pay ninety dollars or fifteen hundred dollars. She went to this guy who apparently now is the breeder for the stars. His name is Stahl Wilton, and he sold her a pony for two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> It's a little gray hunter pony, cost two hundred thousand, oh, and ten thousand to fly it from the Netherlands to Los Angeles. Uh, and it's now in quarantine because it has to go through the fourteen day quarantine, no matter whose pony it is. Uh, yeah, and it's called Frozen, the most famous pony of them all. Okay, can I just say that I did see a picture of the pony? And- it's cute. Oh my God, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it is cute. They said. Excuse me. They said it could be a little large for the two-year-old. It is a large pony. Uh, it's not a little tiny pony. It's probably a 14-hand pony. Uh, but they said it's a little large for the two-year-old. The two-year-old will grow into it. Um, yeah. So Kaylee Kuko, Jessica Springsteen, and Jennifer Gates have also all bu- purchased ponies from the celebrity breeder. How do you become a celebrity breeder to the stars and then can way overcharge for ponies? I don't, I don't know, but I would like to do that. <laughs> you need to figure that angle out because, wow, 200000 for a pony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got a horse for sale if anybody's interested. Yeah, if so. any celebrities are listening to this show, please. Zara, she's a 
daughter of Ruben Jan. She's a very fancy, well-bred, registered Oldenburg mare, Philly. She's three years old, and she went on her second trip off the farm yesterday. I guess third, technically, because she did the future event horse uh, at Feather Creek and came in second. First was the Black Colt. That was supposed to be. And she is for um, sale for 150000 I heard. Uh, you know what? For Kylie, I'd let her go for one twenty. One twenty. Okay. So Kylie, for if anybody you... else, minus some zeros, and it's yours. And Kylie could, herself could. She's not big. She could ride this pony, right? Kylie. It's Zara. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd be fine. Okay. Good. All right. So <laughs> there we go. We've thrown it to the world. There. If, uh, expect a call in the next couple of days. So I have another story here that you know one of our favorite websites to go to to look for the really nerdy, sciencey, horsey stuff is Horse Talk. .co.nz, right? Yes, I, I have it open right now. I love it. <clears throat> and I was wondering, and I've been wondering, why we have so many deadly viruses in this world that seem to start with bats. And be- behold, this morning, and I was going to look that up and try and do some research, but Horse Talk did it for us. So here is my, he- my, my really scientific report that I'm going to break down because I didn't understand half this article. That is one problem with their articles. I don't understand half of them. So there's been a lot of viruses over the years that have been carried by bats and started with bats. The Hendra virus is carried by the Australian's flying fox bat, which, by the way, I don't want to ever see one, to be honest. Uh, it, and that's capable of being passed to horses and then to humans, and it's one of the deadliest equine viruses there is. Scientists say it is no coincidence some of the worst viral disease outbreaks in recent years, SARS, MERS, Ebola, and all of those, and including COVID-19, originated in bats. Well, they've done a study now to find out why that is. The University of California, Berkeley, studied and found that the bats have a fierce immune system. So their immune system is so fierce that what happens is when the virus gets in there, it tries to do its job, right? It tries to infect cells. That's what a virus does. So it works really hard to infect these cells. Well, the bat's immune system is so strong that the virus has to work harder and harder and harder and harder and replicate faster and faster. So what happens is it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger because it can't get its job done, and it still knows it has to get its job done. So when it jumps from a bat to a mammal... That's why it's so deadly, because it's already worked so hard and built up such a a fierceness that when it jumps to another animal who has a much weaker immune system, that's what causes this. Mm. So they say what happens is there's, and this is this is interesting too. So, and I'm no, I'm probably boring you to death, but I was just a little bit. I was fascinated by this. <laughs> so this is where it might become more interesting for you. So bats can tolerate viruses like these because of their immune system. And what happens is they say when a bat's habitat is disrupted or they're pissed off, either one, uh, they shed more of their saliva, urine, and feces, and that causes infection to animals. The more they shed, the more... That other... happens to me when I'm upset. Exactly. I thought of that, that too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Not you specifically, but all of us. Uh, <laughs> so what they said is that, and we know this too, that the bat viruses jump from two humans through an animal intermediary. There's an animal in between. So SARS got to humans through the Asian palm civet. Is it civet? C-I-V-E-T? I have to look that up. I don't even know what an Asian palm civet is. Mears jumped to us through camels. Ebola got to us through gorillas and chimpanzees. 
Nipa, which I don't even know what that is, got to us via pigs, Hendra via horses, and uh, Marburg, which is apparently another one that I don't know, through African green monkeys. And now they're thinking, there's there's still argument about how COVID got to us, COVID-19, but they think it was through snakes. So we have all of these intermediary animals, but it all started with the damn bat. I thought it was a pangolin for COVID. Anyway... Yeah, they were arguing about whether it was bats or snake. I don't know that they've still determined that, but that—that's how it all happened. That's why bats carry Listen, all people, these diseases. This is what you have to do. I want you to go into your house and close the door. I never leave. Turn around and lock it. Unless, of course, David. you've lived in houses like ours where the bats end up inside the house over your head in the bedroom. <laughs> then you're just screwed. You're going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> Then uh, then you're in trouble. But it's not necessarily directly through the bats, which was I thought was the very interesting part of that article. Now, listen, this does not mean go out and kill everybody you can find there. Actually, No, don't piss them off. Apparently, that's bad, too. <laughs> yeah, don't plug them out of the sky. Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, look, you may have been bored with that, but Dr. Allen just wrote me a note and said, thank you, Dr. Glenn. I'm listening live. Bats and viruses. Good stuff. See? Thank you, Dr. All right, Allen. well, the one one person that's listening that's a doctor <laughs> is interested to in what you're talking about. <laughs> right now, I'm like... Oh, you had what? to be a little well, curious along the way why bats are such a problem with viruses. You had to be a little curious. Well, now, <laughs> now you've got your answer. All right, tell us about Kem and Equine. All right, well, Kem and Equine, we'd like to thank them for being a sponsor because millions of Americans do the same thing every January, sign up for a gym membership and resolve to get fit. By this time of year, many of them have already thrown in the towel. Luckily, it's much easier to pump up the performance of your horse. You see, every cell in your horse relies on glucose to fuel its function and growth. Feeding your horse chromium helps optimize the use of glucose so your horse has more energy for body upkeep, health, and performance, ultimately resulting in improved overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Give your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Kemen. Ask for it by name. Otherwise, you might not get what you pay for. Learn about Chemtrace Chromium at www.kemen.com slash chromium EQ. Very good. Thank you for that. Uh, we have, as we said a little later in the show, we have coming up some equestrian first world problems. And then in the auditor post show, we are going to be talking about why we might actually agree with PETA on something. I know might be the first time in 2,500 episodes. Also, I'm going to be we're going to be talking a little bit to the auditors about the focus groups so that we've all been wondering what happened to those. Well, I finally got a chance to work on them over the weekend. So we'll talk to the auditors about that. And we have a celebration coming up and I have the date now. So our 2500th episode is going to fall on Wednesday, the 19th. So Wednesday the 19th will be our 2500th episode. We're going to open up the phone, write it down. If you're home, we want you to call. If you're not home, we want you to leave us a voicemail. It's all going to be about the listeners that day. We're going to talk to as many of you as we can. We're going to listen to as many voicemails as we can. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a celebration. Not too many daily shows have made it to 2500 episodes. We think we're one of five in existence. Wow. So we're going to open up the phones. We want to talk to as many people as possible. We hope 
love to hear from some of our past guests and, you know, some of our regular contributors and, and all of that. It we're you know, we're just going to make that day about having some fun and hanging out with you guys. So that's Wednesday the 19th. Jamie, you're not allowed to be off that day because you can't be off on our 2500th episode. So the 19th. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm not doing that myself. All right, uh, let's go to our next guest, Yvonne Barto, who's been on our show before. She is she's done everything in the riding world, from jumping to barrel racing to standard bread racing to retraining thoroughbreds. Uh, she also worked with Arabian Nights Dinner Theater in Orlando, which we did a show live from on this show. I, I dig that one out. That was years ago. Uh, we did it ringside, and she became the principal trainer there, and also one of the performers uh, and director of entertainment operations while it was open. She's continued to pursue her, profession, her passion training horses. Uh, she also is a dressage rider, and, and she has the USDF gold, silver, and bronze medals. Let's just say she knows what she's doing. Uh, and she's wrote a couple of books, and now she has this organization called Horses Without Humans Rescue Organization. It's right here above Ocala in Florida, the northwest of Ocala. And she has a 20-acre a 220-acre farm up there called Rock Bluff Ranch. So let's get Yvonne on here. And this was set up by Equiderma, one of our terrific sponsors, set this interview up, and we appreciate Equiderma for doing that. So I think we had Yvonne on years ago. I think I might have met her at one of the WEGs, too, uh, where she was doing demonstrations or, or something. I kind of remember that. Hi, this is Yvonne. Hi, Yvonne. You're on with Glenn and Jamie on Horses in the Morning, and you are live. Thank you for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I haven't talked to you guys in a while. I know. I was just saying, I don't know the last time that we talked. I was Maybe maybe Arabian Nights time. Maybe then, or maybe when we were doing the Briarfest or the movie, the Spotlight movie. I think I might have talked to you guys from up in Illinois uh, at that point. Yeah, that could um, be but, true. I know we've talked a couple times, but thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. You know, I just went through your credits. By the way, that's if we were late calling, that's why, because it takes a long time to do that, um, <laughs> to get through your credits. <laughs> but you have something that you're doing here in Florida. I live in Ocala, so you're a little bit northwest of us. Tell us about the ranch, Rock Bluff Ranch. Okay, yeah, we have, um, I, I still run my training business with my daughter, Cassie, and my other daughter, Hootie. But um, we have started, I started a rescue, Horses Without Humans, about three years ago. And uh, we've been down there at Rock Bluff Ranch uh, because it's a, a great, big, beautiful farm, 126 acres. So there's lots of room for freeloaders there. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got lots of them. And uh, I just think that this chapter, this you know, chapter of my life is probably going to be one of the most important chapters um, of my horsemanship career. And I have done a lot of things with horses. And I think I'm certainly do uh, my time in the equine welfare um, segment. And I just I, I feel like I, I might be able to make a nice difference for uh, horses, horse welfare in the United States. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're setting up some plans and some programs. And uh, because we have trainers on staff, uh, the rescue horses can all get properly evaluated and trained. And uh, we're a little unique in the fact that we can take in uh, large groups uh, this time last year. Well, August of last year, uh, we took in the 19 boneyard horses, and that was 19 emaciated horses at once. Um, which I made a short documentary about about them, and uh, and they're, they flooded our Facebook for a long time, and many many people got to know them as they recovered. Uh, really good horses. Four or five of them should have died, but none did. So that was great because they're they're a charming lot, and they're all fine now. 
And so that's great. And then just this uh, this last May, we took in the 23 uh, horses from that illegal slaughter um, seizure down in South Okeechobee. So we um, got those horses all in and they were different because they were feral. That was a feral group of horses. And that's a bit tricky. So um, that keeps us busy uh, sorting those out and halter breaking, you know, mares that haven't been weaned from their last three foals and whatnot. So lots of fun. <laughs> so so wh- why this? Was it something you've always wanted to do? Or was it something that just the opportunity came up and you said, I'm going to do this? Actually, I will say that I'm guilty of being the opposite. I was I was unaware um, of the equine welfare kind of statistics in the United States and that we're sh- still shipping horses to slaughter. And um, there's still a lot of really good, healthy, fine horses that end up in that slaughter pipeline. And I just truly wasn't paying attention because I was in a world where, you know, my horses were taken care of, we retired them. And, you know, you just, you don't hear about it, you don't see it. And so I, I can say that, yes, I was certainly guilty of being oblivious to, um, you know, what, what horses face when they don't have anybody watching out for them. And I realized that any horse could be two wrong decisions away from ending up in a horrible, horrible state. And I just, the more I thought about it and the more I read about it and the more I researched about it, I couldn't sleep anymore. I just was like, this is awful. And like, that I should do something. And so I started out, you know, just by, you know, visiting rescues and seeing if I could help out, you know, with their horses at other rescues and seeing how they, how they find homes for the horses and what kind of horses end up in that sort of situation. And then I started to think, well, maybe I should, uh, start taking in some horses and rehabbing them and rehoping them. And, and, uh, and that's what I've done. So, uh, yeah, I just felt like it was my turn. And, and I had a, I had a really good horse that I was long listed for the um, team with in dressage and I had trained him for quite a while and, um, he retired. And then, you know, due to circumstances of that family, that horse and a couple others were actually slated to get uh, shipped to slaughter and I had to go buy them back. And, uh, I realized that, you know, a horse that was at the top of the sport, could end up in a situation like that. No, nothing is safe. And if I hadn't answered my phone on that day, that that horse and the two others that we had trained that were older, but they lived for another seven years with me um, after, uh, especially the, the stallion. He ended up living to, I just actually had to euthanize him this spring. But seven years ago, we we, we went and bought him back from a, from a, a slaughter ring. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, things like that happen, and I, I think there's not enough awareness, um, and it's not a great, fun topic to speak about, and I'm sure you're probably thinking right now you'd love to. No, actually, <laughs> no, actually, Jamie uh, Jamie works with horses from a rescue to train them to get them rehomed. Uh, so we hear about it all the time on the show. We talk, uh, uh, Jamie, do you have any in right now? Do you have horses? I do. Yeah. I do. I have a, I, this is the 27th horse that has come from uh, the rescue. It's a, it's called horse and hound and they, they take horses from the track and they're not directly from the, I mean, they're, they're race horses, but a lot of them have a lot more emotional and physical problems than just a, you know, a regular horse that's been running Keeneland, you know, it's, it's, it's they, they have a bit of a tougher life when they're in the, the lower level claimers. So, uh, we get them going and it's, it's incredible. The success rate of the adoptions yeah. for horses that have, that can be seen being ridden. Exactly. And I think that is the big thing that, you know, a horse is a great big animal to have just as a pet. And so what I found is a lot of rescues got clogged up because they didn't have a chance to get their horses adopted out because they weren't rideable or they didn't have a trainer or the rescue itself didn't have funds to train a horse. And 
it, it's really hard for people to take on or adopt a horse that uh, is maybe not rideable or you might not know if there's a training issue. So if we can, you know, have them in training and have them going, we, we market them basically the same way I do my high dollar dressage horses. I still run my dressage business, uh, but I also have the, the second barn that has is full of rescues. I think we have 49 or 50 in there right now wow. and all different <laughs> breeds, all different, <laughs> everything from, you know, foals that, that were born to feral unbroke nine or 10 year olds to thoroughbreds. We've got some thoroughbreds off the track or thoroughbreds that were in a bit of jeopardy and came our way. And then horses that get in a bad way because the owner um, either dies or gets ill and has to surrender the horse. So we have all kinds of different circumstances and different breeds and types of horses that come in. And we try to find, you know, what would be the best situation for that horse, uh, you know, environment wise. And, and then if people come and they, you know, want to look at a horse, I will tell them, you know, this one might work for you. This one might not, but they could adopt a horse and then they could come back and trade it for another if it didn't work. But um, right now I think we have um, the lowest return rates of, I think any rescue in the United States. So we're, we're lucky because we, we have time and we can spend time with the horse and really try to match them up with the people that, um, that should have them. And uh, they, when they adopt the horse, they actually own the horse. Um, and so we will take it back if something went wrong and we, you know, we encourage them, but if they, took a horse in and they made it a whole lot better and, and made it much more valuable. They, they could sell it for more money if they want to. I'm, I'm more interested in educating people, making sure that the horses stay out of those very low dollar prices that could lead somebody to pick them up or misuse them or put them in the wrong hands. Um, so if they have a, a decent adoption fee and then the person can ride them and create a, a better horse. And I will tell you my long game, just so you all know, yeah. I want to start an an adopted horse, um, a national championship, a rescue or adopted horse national championship with many different, you know, disciplines and, and classes so that people have something to work for that's an ongoing yearly um, yearly event because we do have the thoroughbred makeover and we have the Mustang makeovers, but that's for one horse one time. And then, you know, I know from being a show person all these years, there's breed shows, there's discipline shows, there's event shows. And having something that the horses can do and people can work towards and having, you know, Western dressage, English dressage, trail classes, um, some fun games, a lot of fun things that people could do with the rescue horses and having a national event for it. So that's my that's my long game. And I've been starting to figure out how that's going to work and how that's going to take place. That's really cool. I, I love that idea, actually, because you're right. I mean, we do have the, the breed specific ones, but uh, there's so many rescues that are Heinz 57s. I mean, they're they're horses, you know, sometimes you don't even know what breed they are. What do you how many people do you have working? I mean, you have to have quite a staff to be able to one take in 20 horses at a time that all need individual care of some sort and then have 50 of them in, in training. What kind of staff does it take to do that? Well, we have three in the rescue barn, and then we have one, two, three, four, five in the main barn of employees. And then we have volunteers, which, of course, we thank God for our volunteers because they help to fill in the cracks. And what we do with the rescue horses is that we'll have a, a group of them that are now in good health and their feet are in good shape and they're ready to be working. And they're kind of in the training program. And then we people could sponsor a horse also that would move him maybe out of the field and into the training program if they were, you know, in good health. And they, they could sponsor a horse for a few months and that sponsorship fee could be used towards the adoption fee or they could switch it to another horse. So that it, there's so much flexibility, but if, if 
that helps us get some money in to keep the horses on the front burner. The sponsored horses, you know, usually get to work first. And as they get adopted out, we go out in the field and get whatever next is <laughs> should come in and start working. And, uh, and we try to keep those working until they get adopted. But we can't keep 50 horses working at once yeah. in the rescue barn. So we've usually got like seven or eight that are being ridden or worked regularly and they're ready for presentation. And then as one gets adopted, we bring another one forward and the rest are just, you know, kind of lounging about with their friends and eating a lot of food and, and getting cared for. But uh, we do get, have volunteers um, that come in and we're lucky we have volunteer schedules and anybody listening, if they want to come and volunteer, we would love it. <laughs> I have a question, Glenn. Yeah. How, how do you determine what your adoption fees are? Because I'm looking on here and they're anywhere from 3500 to $5,000. How, what goes into determining that? How much? Um, we've had a couple of horses that um, had were crypts, you know, had one testicle up and one down, had to have that surgery, which was an expensive surgery. Um, so we've had two or three that were adopted out um, that had that surgery. So that price is kind of reflected. Um, and then also if the horse is really quality, um, you know, really good quality horse and has had some training in it. Some we've had there for like a whole year of training. So then um or it was a good horse anyway, and it just fell in the wrong hands, but it could go right out and be somebody's show horse or a really good, you know, fine treasured family horse. It could that very rare, or you could ride it once in a while and it's still going to be good. And you can take it down the trail on a loose rein. You know, when we have one of those horses, we try to put a value on them that helps for the ones that we don't get, um, you know, that, that maybe are in that five $800 uh, adoption range because they need a lot of work. So everything has an adoption fee if somebody wanted to take it, you know, right off the bat and then supply all the training and all that themselves. But if we've had it for a while and it's kind of ready to go, um, then the adoption fees are higher. I'm okay, looking I want, at it. I want yeah. our tax. So. I, well, I knew that would be yours, actually. <laughs> I was looking at that too. I had a couple of cute ponies there too. I like Fawn. That that uh, Fawn would be a cute one pulling a cart for sure. <laughs> she is, and she's she's just barely going under saddle now. She's young, but she's a she's like one of those Stellwell ponies, you know. We're like very sturdy, um, and you know she's a typical pony. She's got her own little mind about her. But um, when she has more time, and you know, everybody knows how ponies are, so she needs more time. She's uh, young, but she could be a cart pony. Or I have a hackney pony, pony that is that same size. So, and you know, hackney ponies. So that attitude Hair's too. Driving. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get the I get that attitude. I kind of understand that. <laughs> this is yeah, terrific exactly. what you're doing, Yvonne. I absolutely terrific, and thank you for for helping the horses out and for putting such time and effort into helping so many of the different horses out. And, you know. And it's fortunate you have a you know you have a ranch here and uh, in, in Florida that you can do it at and and that's kind of cool too. But one of the things that these horses need when they come in and they they're in rough shape. I mean your boneyard horses, the ones that came out of the kill pens, they're in tough shape. And one of the things that really have bad problems with is skin problems. And I know that you use Equiderma, don't you, for that? I do. Actually, I was introduced to those products. Um, somebody, and I'm not sure I didn't reach out to them directly myself, but somebody who knew we had these boneyard horses in and their coats were atrocious. Um, they, they talked to, I think, Bethany, um, about possibly donating some products to the rescue, which they, some showed up. And, um, you know, I, I know all the products I, I use, you know, products all my life. And I was very interested in the, um, the shampoo, the fly spray and the conditioner. But, um, the product that worked the best on those horses was that skin lotion. And I've never seen anything like it, but, uh, 
it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's like not quite an oil, but a, a lotion and rain and some of the really, really thin, beat up, guard up, rain rotted, just ma- almost mangy looking things. You know, their, their coats were so horrible that we bathed them and conditioned them. And then we put that lotion on them, even on their face. And it just went right down to their skin and got rid of all the crud. Like we left it on them. And the next day it was like all the, all the, horribleness of their of their their skin problems just came off and we were left with nice skin to work with which grew back beautiful hair that was an astounding product to me i have not used anything like that before and i'd never used that before and now that's become one that i i really like to have in the barn and i tell everybody oh whoa because it's 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 a great product and and i didn't even know it existed until they they sent us some to try so that was really good of them yeah and if it works on those horses it's going to work on any horse right (laughs) <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think you're never going to find horses as bad off uh, that are still alive as those boneyard horses were. I don't know if any of the before pictures were there, but um, I, I've, I've never been around horses that make you just want to cry looking at them and they couldn't even stand on their own feet. We would go uh, get them up and stand them up two or three times a day. They'd just go to turn around and fall down out of weakness and they would try and they'd be like, I can't get up. I can't do it. And we had a little team that we could get together with a blanket under their belly and hoist them back up again and get them toddling around until they got their sea legs. And, and then just the, the feeding and the care they needed during those first few critical weeks was a, a tremendous learning curve for me. I, I, I've never learned that much in that short of a time with such desperation of, I don't want any of these to die. Like, panting in your neck all the time so i was like yay they lived they lived and and they all did so um and they're they're yeah it was just one of the most rewarding things of my life it was uh, getting that that herd back on their feet and and this is a person who has uh, showed in some very big competitions around the world so to say that it means something and it is skin lotion for horses with skin conditions it's called skin lotion for horses uh at equiderma and they also have the skin lotion with zinc iodide paste that's the combo product so and they just have every one of their products is really meant for you know to you know their shampoo and their conditioner and all of that their their fly spray people rave about the fly spray we use it here too uh, because it's uh, pyrethrin-free, and it just does the job. And it, if you go to their website, if you go to equiderma.com, you're going to find all of them on there. But, I mean, if, if if those skin products can help those horses, they can help your horse, for sure. I would agree. I would yeah. 100% agree. And that fly spray is a very good fly spray. You can spray it on yourself, too. And uh, it helps keep those annoying gnats away, which uh, in North Florida, we're having a bunch of fun with them right now. At this yeah, time we don't have year, any so. bugs in Florida, do we? None. We don't have bug oh, problems yeah. at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the thing, huh? Nice weather and fun. And mosquitoes. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, so you can find out. You can find all of those at Equiderma.com. So for you, for co- competition, are you still looking to be at the highest levels or are you fading that out in favor of this or what no i still actually the the income from the training business still helps quite a bit to support the rescue and um my daughter shows more than i do i have a a horse that um i've known for a long time and it's a son of ray meister who is uh one of my top uh 
past competition horses. And I'm going to take him and start his first Grand Prix this next weekend up in Jacksonville. So, no, I'm still showing, and I'm going to baby him through the Grand Prix for his owner a couple of times, and he'll make all the normal mistakes or whatnot. But he's ready to go in there and try, and, and it'll be fun for me because I showed his father at Grand Prix as well. And so to finish him is, is fun. And, and I still do some theater work, and we're going to um, probably do our Christmas show, The Spirit of the Horse, as a fundraiser again for Horses Without Humans. So we're just looking for a venue here in Florida to do that. Uh, Christmas show at because Canterbury we did it last year but I think they're doing all their improvements this year so I, I want to find a venue that you know we can have our holiday show at this year to as a fundraiser and it's a really charming story so um, that might be something that uh, you guys could help us spread the word about sure let me know when, it, when you figure it out okay I will I all sure right. will Sounds good. Well, thank you, Yvonne. We appreciate you being on. It's horseswithouthumans.org is the website. You can find some of the cute adoptable horses over there right now. Um, and somebody needs to adopt Fawn. Fawn needs a house because he's so cute. And our Facebook page, actually. We keep that up, and it's very, very current because it's easy. So uh, check out our Horses Without Humans on Facebook. Uh, that, that's got all the daily activities on it. And if you want one of the Equiderma products or want to uh, take a look at what they are, you can go to Equiderma.com and you'll find all the products listed over there. Thank you, Yvonne. We appreciate you being on. Thank you. Nice talking, y'all. Can you imagine, you have, what, one or two of those rescue horses at a time? Imagine 50. Yeah. No, I mean, I go over there. <laughs> it's the same situation, you know. Uh, the the volunteers there work with as many as they can on the weekends, but the ones that come to me just needed a little extra a little extra help. They're the ones that you can't just hop on and go, uh, you know, so I would like to say too, that 27 I've had 25 have been adopted as of the five were adopted this week. Oh, wow. She adopted seven horses out five that had been with me. I'm so thrilled. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I give the, the horses a, that little extra boost. They're, they're just not the ones that would have been safe for, you know, here's a horse for your kids, you know, and that's what I love about this rescue. And it sounds like, uh, Yvonne too, is that, you know, you're responsibly adopting them out. Well, you don't want to get them back either. I mean, you really want it to be a a home that they're going to stay at and and flourish at because otherwise you are going to get them back. Uh, So So, yeah, it makes sense to do it right. There's unfortunately, there's so many that don't. So (laughs) that's why we highlight the good ones. People is because (laughs) there's a lot of bad ones. If you are donating and you've never been to one of the places or seen how they work, stop it because there's a lot of bad ones. We used to say, when, uh, when I was a vet tech in Arizona, we'd go to this, these rescues and, and it, we're like, if this is the rescue, where did the horse come from? <laughs> like, well, how is this a rescue? You know, I mean, it must have been really bad kind of thing because you just, people don't always, aren't always doing the right thing. So make sure you are paying attention. You're, you're using, use your power for good people. <laughs> Very good. And thank you again to Equiderma for helping to set that up. Are you prepared? I'm always prepared. Now, remember, if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem. That's just the life that we are living right now. Now, uh, these problems that I'm going to read were actually people giving this up. Like they are telling that they're sharing their problems for our entertainment. And uh, I would like to appreciate all the auditors. Uh, these uh, It's a post I put in the auditor's Facebook page on Sunday nights, hopefully, usually, if I remember. And 
that people just write in their their drama and their problems, and these are things that we actually think about and write down and Do share you think with other that people. Horse people have more quote unquote first world problems than other people. I don't see how we can't, Glenn. I mean, really. <laughs> It's the drama. Um, so keep in mind, if you want to become part of this equestrian first world problems, you need to become an auditor. And Glenn, how did they do that? Go to horseradionetwork.com. Scroll down the right side of the page. You'll see the auditor banner and you can head over. We use a service called Patreon that you can head over to Patreon and you can donate as little as $3 a month up to $25 a month, whatever you feel we're worth, whatever you feel the education and entertainment is worth. And half of that money goes back. You can't back. take money back. That's, that's right. That's right. So, and what we do is we take the money that comes in every month, which has been going up since the pandemic started. And thank you, kudos, thank you all for that. Uh, we we weren't expecting that, but thank you all for that. And half of that money goes to the hosts on the Horse Radio Network owned shows, like Jamie and Dressage, and uh, they get they get and Wendy, and uh, they get half of that money. So they get a little bit of a raise every month, thanks to you guys. Appreciate it, y'all. Um, let me just start with Danny's, and you're going to have to just sit down and strap in because oh, no. she's just going to go through some emotions. Okay. I wanted to buy I wanted to buy a baby horse, but then I'll have three horses. So then I think maybe I'll sell one of them, but I can't sell my Arab because he's my first horse, and I think my husband would be so upset because he loves him. So maybe then I sell my thoroughbred, but then he's the one that loves dressage, and he's the one I like riding the most, so I don't want to sell him. So do I just bite the bullet and pay board on three horses? No, you get your own farm. That's the solution. Farm. Your, yeah, I think right. two, you can board three. You got to own property. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> what that is for most people that, you know, what is the cutoff? If you take a look at the average horse person with average income, is it two horses you can afford to board? Because when you go to three, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, two's it, a it, lot. It yeah. becomes a drama. One's a lot, dear God. Okay. So the next one, now there was like 85 submissions. We have a lot of people that have problems this week. <laughs> so I could only get to a few of them. Glenn doesn't let me. There was a lot season. of them. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go to Elizabeth. The longer She's, the pandemic goes, the more first world problems we seem to have. And they're, most of them are about purchasing things. <laughs> All right. Elizabeth says, I am We so need to get this pandemic this over just so people don't empty their bank accounts. I'm yeah. so happy when I got the breastplate for my adventure gelding. And then I realized the only thing left on my tack wanted list, the only thing is my custom saddle. Oh, <laughs> okay. We really and feel for you. <laughs> Tara, Tara, poor Tara. This is really sad. Here, start the violin music. I ordered I, my... That's a good dreamy, idea. I need violin music when we yeah, do this. I got to do, do that. Okay. Do. I ordered my dreamy living quarters trailer last week, but it won't be here until December. Haley says, I finally found a simple diet for my horse that is less expensive and meets all of his nutritional needs. But now I have to drive to the barn twice a day to feed him. <laughs> Carrie says, I couldn't use my new pretty desert sky ombre saddle pad on Saturday because it's for my jumping saddle and my jumping girth broke. So I had to ride in my dressage saddle with like my plain blue pad. We look so basic. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I could picture her in the aisle looking at the saddle pads and getting frustrated. I could just picture. No, she had to like use one of her old ones. Oh my God. Angie says, I can't even blame my horse for my latest saddle fit drama because it's me. It doesn't fit me. So now I have to get a custom made black gown. 
So that did it Tiana fit you says, before? Just just curious. Tiana says when you try so hard to have a backlog of hidden and HRN episodes, so you don't have to go a day without, only to find out every Saturday you have nothing to listen to until Monday. Well, I can say that, honestly that we're not going to seven days a week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Good luck with that. <laughs> Chantel says that Rosie the Pony needs new fly boots and a new fly mask, but the local shop I want to buy from keeps selling out the pony sizes because it's being difficult to get the sizes from the manufacturer. So dang people buying COVID ponies and spoiling them in new fly gear too. I did read an article the other day that pony stuff is becoming hard to get because so many people are buying ponies. Well, Kylie Jenner is a yeah, prime yeah, example of that. Yeah, Everybody I guarantee she can stuff. get her stuff. <laughs> I bet. I bet she just calls them. I mean, like, uh, Ferozen. My two-year-old needs, needs a twenty-five thousand dollars custom saddle. Can you come over and do that for me, please? You know, speaking of new saddles, Andrew said he ordered a new saddle case, and the company made a mistake and sent a garment bag instead. <laughs> so now he has to wait another week for his saddle bag. I wonder how how long he tried to stuff the saddle in the garment bag before he figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem to be fitting and um speaking of shopping clover says i ordered a brand new saddle and so i put my saddle up for sale and it like sold too quickly so now i have to borrow saddles for four weeks until my new one arrives <laughs> people are having serious saddle new saddle problems here well here april it doesn't have a saddle problem but she's got a big problem uh she said i went to the horse auction just to see what they had and i ended up buying like a bunch of lead ropes and they're all navy but all my navy halters are faded so like now i need to go back and buy navy halters <laughs> they do fade don't put them in the sun um ellen says my pasture puff mini mare is the most expensive horse in the barn when it comes to vet bills and i don't understand why vets don't charge by the pound <laughs> i never I always wondered that like you give the same amount of vaccine to a tiny horse as you do a big horse i often wondered that right. about uh farriers Dogs. too it's forty dollars oh. for the pony or forty dollars for the horse <laughs> kaylee says my mare was bred for the second time on saturday and now i have to suffer through the two-week wait before she's Craig checked. <laughs> you went through that a few times. Reading is the worst. Yeah. Why would anybody do that? It's just utter torture. Uh, Joyce said, uh, uh, let's see. No, she's just sweaty. Uh, Anna says, I pulled, a <laughs> I pulled a muscle in my arm from carrying too much tack at a tack sale, but I got some like killer deal. <laughs> Like, she's like, you know, what I could talk about is the sore muscle in my arm from lugging around tack all day. Uh, Casey says, my best friend has, like, decided to get back into riding with me. But, like, now I have to go horse shopping to find him one. <laughs> horse shopping. Lots of shopping. Um, <laughs> Jenna, I feel your pain, girl. I'm going to take, we need a moment of silence for this one. Okay. Uh, Jenna says, I was at a horse show this weekend. Yay! But because of my stupid face mask, my iPhone didn't recognize my face, so I kept having to take <laughs> off my gloves to type in my password to unlock my phone. I had to take mine off because every time I was out wearing the mask, it wouldn't it wouldn't recognize me. And I was like, okay, Here's this is just ridiculous. <laughs> it, I've been wanting to talk about this. I got the phone with the facial recognition, yeah. too. and Which I, works I like great, to... normally. <laughs> no. no. Here's... Uh, it's it's a, that time when you look at your phone and it's like, no, don't recognize you. And you're like, what? 
it's me. And it, you do it again. You're like, no. I'm like, how ugly do I look right now for my phone to not recognize my own face? Like, <laughs> is my hair messed up? I've got dirt on my face. I'm just a sweaty mess. And it's like, no, it can't possibly be Jamie. <laughs> you know, is that I good or bad? Like my Samsung seemed to recognize me anytime. Glasses, not glasses. Now masks, it didn't. But no, it, yeah. it's it's an it's an insult to the way that I'm <laughs> presenting myself to the public. <laughs> Do you morph um, every day or what? I mean, I know you're one like, of those oh, changelings how, from Star how Wars. Ugly do I look for my phone not to recognize me just sitting here? <laughs> I had to How switch you... to the keypad. I couldn't do it anymore. It was yeah, I know. I just took it off. I was like, turn it off. I, I don't need to know that I look like a mess right now. I'm a hot mess. Um, Patty says that I got a cool new riding shirt to wear with my purple breeches and just happened to have a new blue saddle pad, which like pulled it all together. And I was sporting a look, girl. And then it rained and I had to wear my red raincoat, which totally ruined my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to end on that one, but this one just came through. Um, and Teresa, this is a real first world problem. And Glenn, I want you to pay attention because this is, this is like weighing on the minds of our listeners and it is stressing them out. And I think you're causing undue stress to our I listeners. Am. Yes. It's all your fault because here's Teresa's equestrian first world problem. My birthday is on Saturday. <laughs> Which means I won't get my daily Winnie happy birthday from Glenn. That is not true. I look at the weekends ahead. She wants it on the day. You're going to have to do it. Well, now she's one. being really picky. <laughs> well, give it to her now. And then you'll give it her another one. Okay. All right. When's her birthday? Do we know? Saturday. This Saturday. So I think we should do hers Wednesday and Friday as well as today. Okay. Here we go. Happy And because she participated, we're going to do Wednesday, we're going to do Friday, and then Monday. So write that down. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try and remember that for you. (laughs) Again, I don't know how you guys are all like able to wake up in the morning with the sad problems that you all have. So (laughs) I'm sorry. And um, thank you for sharing. I was trying to think if I have any right now. And and, uh, uh, I don't really have any question first world problems. We got new fencing at the farm. They put up new fencing. It's beautiful, and Scooter likes it, and uh, I don't have any. That's not a problem. It's I too hot, but I can allow to use that one. So it's, I have a moose Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. I ordered new wheels for my cart because my cart had the regular old big wheels that are hard and narrow so that when you're going in the sand in Florida, the poor pony, the cart would sink, the sand, and the poor pony would have to really pull. Yeah. So I ordered the ones that are the, you know, the air tires so that uh, the Matic wheels so that he would, we could go in thicker sand is the idea. So they are, they aren't in yet. And I ordered them last week. Oh my isn't God. it amazing? It, now they're custom made with the custom colors of my cart, but isn't it amazing how Amazon has spoiled us to expect everything, no matter what we order to arrive in a few days? Yeah, my, my dad called me yesterday, and he's like, "Jamie, you're not gonna believe this. I was in the Walmart, and I was looking at a Lego set for Lucas." And uh, well, wait a minute, let's stop right there. Jamie doesn't go to Walmart, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My my dad's a, a he lives in Madison, Georgia. Like like that's, that's the only thing they have <laughs> at the Walmart. He's like Jamie, you just I can't believe the way the world's changing. I was in the Walmart and I was walking around. And I was looking in the toy section and I found this uh 
this Lego set for Lucas and I was going to buy it for him. And, and Karen, his wife said, wait, let's check it out. And he goes, you know what she did right there in the Walmart? She went on her phone onto Amazon and looked it up. <laughs> and you know, it was $20 cheaper on Amazon and then it Walmart for free. It ships for free, Jamie. <laughs> so I say $50 and I was like, cool. I would like you to go in under the partnership on a, Lipizon for me, if that would be great. Yeah, how'd that because, go? I mean, it's like it's free, Dad. <laughs> you don't even you have to pay shipping. I'll take care of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're still in negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> Did Lucas get his Lego set? Listen, he's right behind me, so oh, I can't okay. right. discuss right. what's going to happen. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> They're hard to find right now. Legos and puzzles and all that stuff. Hard to find. Yeah, you, you have a child in the pandemic where like what you do is go to movies and playgrounds and all that. You can't do it. You can't do it anymore. Glenn, you saw the 1872 piece micro Lego set of the <laughs> Titanic we put together, right? I mean, come on. I had trouble. We like put puzzles together. I couldn't find one. I literally had to go to eBay to find a, a place that makes custom puzzles to find a puzzle. So there you go. <laughs> uh, God, can you not get a puzzle? Because we were just talking about doing a puzzle. I'll send you one. We got it. I did get a puzzle I ordered that kind of uh, that ended up shipping from China off of one of those Facebook pages. Oh, I do have to give a warning before we go. There are some letters going out from reputable organizations, apparently, like Amazon and some of those places. Uh, this has become a serious problem the last week that says uh, we are stopping your this or that. They look very official. They're very official looking emails with links and the whole thing from Amazon or other places you'll have accounts. Do not click on them. If basically right now, if you get an email that's saying your card is a problem or or anything is a problem, like we can't continue this particular uh, uh, automatic thing you have sent to you, go directly to the website, type it in and do that because these are looking really real and they're mimicking the site. So when you go there, do it looks real. people still fall for that? Yes. Like somebody sends, oh, well, you're these are like, getting get, really good I, now. They're not an misspelled from, anymore. <laughs> no, I get an email from Netflix about every day telling me that my uh, my whole entire thing is going to get canceled. And they're going to yep. forget where I'm at in the shows. It's yep. going to be a big nightmare. And to, that they need to update my billing information and click on this link to update the billing information. Um, but under further review, Netflix is spelled with two L's. <laughs> Like, Don't just wow. find Netflix with two L's. N e t f l l i x. Yeah, and it looked so real. It's, it's so gotten real. bad in the last week, and people are falling for it. So just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just go Yo, directly. Get to get off the your phones. Go outside. Do something. Stop <laughs> buying things. Stop giving people money that they're gonna steal. Yeah. <laughs> It's not good. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's it. We're, now, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about PETA, which is something that we don't do. We don't agree with PETA very much. Uh, so we're going to come back. And I, I think Jamie's going to be shocked because we actually agree with an article that was on PETA. So we're going to talk about we'll that see. with the auditors right after this. Tomorrow, we have the Western episode with Tara. And then later in the week, we have some really bad ads and all the usual stuff coming up for you on this uh Week of horses in the morning. I was killing Thank time trying know. to find this music. I mean, it's not so obvious. Right, I need to find violin music for really bad ads. Because it's 
so sad. Yeah. I need to find really depressing violin music. <laughs> All right, we are out. I think my favorite ones are the ones like my outfit totally didn't match. Like, I know. <laughs> my halters don't match my lead robe. <laughs> <laughs> All the problems in the world, and we're worried about that. Hey, uh, I, just a couple things before we get to PETA. Um, and I want you to click on the post show. It's underneath the blue closing. You'll see a link to the post show article I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, so before I do that, I wanted to oh. mention to the auditors that we are going to be... Um, I can't see it because there's a picture of an alpaca getting shaved. Oh, yeah, and it yeah, says yeah. Alpacas shouldn't be You have tormented. to quickly go through those. Um, so you'd leave all the hair on the <laughs> to alpaca. To quickly go through all the pop ups, I had to too. So um, we. Uh, shaving them is cruel? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't like shaving sheep either. Now, I think the poor sheep would die of heat exhaustion if they didn't get shaved. I mean, but... seriously, like my neighbors didn't shave their sheep, and I was like, they're going to die. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I wanted to mention that we are going to be doing our 2500th episode. I'm going to be posting some stuff about how you can do your voicemails, what we want to hear from you, we, especially the auditors. We really want to hear from you guys. We want to hear uh, how, you know, what has, basically what has uh, Horses in the Morning meant to you over the years. Um, and, you know, if, if there's a story in there about how something we talked about helped save a horse or helped you save a head or whatever, you know, uh, we want to hear those stories as well. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to also take live calls that day. We'd like to get as many live callers as we want. We'll get Jennifer in here manning the phones and we'll just have a party and a reunion. And, uh, we're going to talk about that. Also, I had asked a couple of weeks ago and I just haven't had time to get to it. I've been busy working on, uh, trying to get new sponsors on board. That's been my job for the last month. Uh, we, the focus groups we had talked about, we're setting up focus groups for various shows. I had about 40 of you submit that you want to be in the focus groups and I'm going to be trying to get those finished and set up today. So you'll be getting emails about that. Uh, and then I need to talk to you after the show, Jamie, about that because, uh, uh, well, I just need to talk to you on the show about I'm that. I'm like seriously disturbed even looking at this article because of all the things that are on the side. Like, no, don't look at the side. All right, oh, focus, focus. So the article on the PETA is the ten simple race simple rules that could save racehorses at racetracks. So these are the ten simple things that could save racehorses. First of all, I was impressed that there was an article not just trying to put racing out of business. It was trying to be helpful. So let's let's see how helpful they were being. So some of these, I would venture to say most of these, more than 50%, we agree with. Uh, ban all medications for two weeks before a race. I don't know about two weeks before a race, maybe a week before a race. But we have been we have been all for not using as many medications and resources. So um, I just quickly read through all these and I would agree with every single one of them. Allow horses who are injured or sore sufficient time to recuperate. Now that's just freaking common sense. <laughs> Thank you. Just, that one I was like, really? Yeah, you but mean, it happens. Don't rush that's, a horse that has a bowed tendon back why to work. We have the problems we do when they use medication to hide it, blah, blah, blah. But so I agree with them there. I know. We're agreeing with Peter. Install cutting-edge CT scan equipment at all racetracks. And that's basically they can scan, immediately see if there's a problem that morning to see if the horse races that day. Can so, I start taking my horses and tr tr call them racehorses and like, get take them over to get CT scans like every morning? That'd be awesome. You know, once they buy the equipment, it's actually fairly inexpensive to hire a tech to do it. And I think a lot of the bigger racetracks are going this route. So I think we are seeing this start to happen. Uh, replace dirt tracks with high-quality synthetic. I thought we were saying synthetic was the problem. We were going back to dirt. I'd, I'd never understood the racetrack thing. Which one's the better one? 
Well, uh, the problem is, Glenn, that the synthetic tracks changed the way the horses race and the handicappers couldn't predict who was going to win and handicap the race because it was completely so different. So people were That's losing why. money? <laughs> People were losing money is what, as an insider, I know from two handicappers that I know that they hated, they wouldn't handicap synthetic tracks because it was too crazy. You couldn't pick. So, but they are safer. I think that they were safer. Absolutely. Now I think we could probably find 12 studies that contradict each other on this topic. Yeah, exactly. This is, but I did sit things. I mean, look at when you, when you ride on dirt or you ride on a synthetic arena the uh, synthetic arena is way better. I mean, that's just my anecdotal, you know, noticing that it's, that's the way that it is. So, uh, number five, obviously, you know what, they should be banned trainers who have multiple medication infractions or harm horses in other ways. Uh, Again, it's pretty pretty broad. You know what though, you know, that one, the, the top trainer in the business has had two in the last two months, Bob Baffert, two, yeah, to, now, let's face it. Bob Baffert has 500 horses in training around the country. He probably doesn't know. He probably doesn't even know most of them. But it's his organization, so ultimately he's responsible, right? And he was suspended yeah. in what Alabama or what recently? Um, Arkansas, one of those two. See, that's the problem. Is he has so many trainers working under him. I mean, I don't know if he's a a good guy or a dirtbag. He's yeah, certainly well, successful, which makes you question yeah. things in this day and age. Yeah, that's true. Uh, ban whipping. Well, we've talked about that. You know, we've we've been for that for years. So ban whipping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the most. I just can't believe it's still a thing. And I'm going to take this one to another level. I don't think they went far enough with this one, to be honest. Eliminate time sprints at two year old and training auctions. How about we eliminate two year old races? Period. I, they didn't go far enough with this one, for my, in my opinion. And this is where you're going to get a lot of pushback because a lot of people think that running, that getting horses out on the track makes their bones stronger. They get a little concussive force and it makes the bones stronger. Okay, but they're going to be working with them. That doesn't mean you have be, to yeah, race them. You, no, no yeah. two-year-old races. I do agree with that. And this past it's year, it's not like they're not going to be working with them. They're going to be getting them ready for their three-year-old races. I, Our I triple crown yeah. winner, Justified, never raced at, at two. You know, and and then look what he did. So, but again, that's why they're like, well, he didn't continue to race after because his bones weren't strong enough. Well, he was in training. Yeah, you're right. You don't have to do two-year-old races. Yeah, I just, I again, there. I didn't think Peter went far enough. That's <laughs> a <So> first. <laughs> Be transparent. This is one thing they're trying to do about transparency, about fatalities and horses getting hurt and just everything that happens at the track, basically. They're trying to do it. I think that actually some of the bigger tracks, the Keenelands and the Saratogas and stuff like that, are having better luck with that. I don't know that we're ever going to see this at Penn National. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Don't sell horses to foreign racing entities that routinely send them to slaughter. And some of the uh, Asian countries are the ones they listed here. South let me Korea, let me when when Japan. people talk about how horrible America is, I <clears> want to point <throat> out that Chad was stationed in South Korea, which is the investigation of racing in South Korea that Peter did is what they're referring to here. Chad was stationed there, and he's like, it was the weirdest thing. There in the city that he was in, there are no stray dogs or cats. There's no stray animals. And, and and I'm like, wow. So they really have it like, you know, under control. And he was like, yeah, they do. Oh, no. <laughs> then you go to the street vendor and you ask what kind of meat it is. And this is what people say. This is what the, the meat vendors on the street selling things go. Chicken, beef, same, same. 
chicken beef, same, same. So when he's eating, he'll ask, like, what did you make? Like, what's in here? I'm like, chicken beef, same, same. It's all the same. Which means whatever it is, it is. <laughs> You're eating the stray dog that I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're, they, 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 that's what they do. They, there's nothing wasted. Um, and so that's where you, really, you want to sell your horse to Korea? No, 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 no. Stop that. Because they're just going to eat it when it's done. Now, now the next one, I think we have made great strides in, in the last, since we started this show. And I think you probably agree with that. And that's taking care of horses when the race days are over. Getting, I think that the industry has made great strides. I think that people outside the industry have made great strides. I just think everything involved in the aftercare of uh, horses from the Thurbert Aftercare Alliance and all of those, uh, you know, new vocations is a perfect example of that. Retired Racehorse Radio, just all of it acting together, I think we have made great strides. It's not done yet. I mean, it's there's still horses that slip through the cracks, but it's getting better. That is yeah, getting absolutely. Better. So we okay. So. <laughs> I feel like I need a shower now because 10 out of 10, we agreed with PETA. What really frustrates me is all the articles that are around this. We are not going to post the link to this article no. because you don't want to see it because you don't want to see the horrible cruelties that are facing the alpacas by being shaved <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> it's horrible abuse. Or even having a dog in your house. Uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, they'd probably rather be dead than be, you know, indentured. <laughs> uh, how many do you have right now, by the way? Dogs four. Okay, and they're all track. miserable. They just all would rather die. Yeah, and I know that uh, four. Yeah, okay, because you know you go over four, you're crazy dog lady, right? I am okay. I have twenty acres. I want more. <laughs> and by the way, thanks to the listener who shared the basset hound that needs a home that's in a rescue nearby. I need to get another one of those and get divorced. Your already. basset hound is your cutest animal, by the way, and on the whole farm, it's just uh, your cutest animal amazing. on the whole farm. I got to give it to your basset hound. I know you have cute horses and all, but that basset hound is adorable. I know that's why she's my <laughs> emotional support animal. And when Chad's gone, she sleeps on the bed. And then what happens is Chad comes home, and then she jumps up on the bed in the middle of the night, and he's like, "Get off the bed! Why is this dog on the bed?" I'm like, "I don't know why she does that. It's so weird." <laughs> I don't know why those stairs are there so she can actually get on the bed with her two inch legs. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's like weird. She just does it when you're home. <laughs> Never happens when I'm alone. All right. So let's, let's, hey, we always forget to do this. What did you learn today? Oh, what did I learn today? Oh my God. I've already closed out my show notes. Oh, that's right. You learned why bats are evil. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was so the most, actually, I didn't really pay attention when you were talking. So <laughs> you should have, you could have a lot of bats causing lots of problems. I do know that I need an Amazon puzzle. Amazon was like $20, Jamie, $50 with shipping. Oh my God. <laughs> that was like a revelation to him, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. He seriously was like, <laughs> isn't that funny? All right. Got, that's it. Lucas pick up, you want to say hi to Glenn? Oh, who hi, do we got? Closer. Hi, Glenn. Hi, how are you? Good. What are you doing today? I am looking at puzzles. Today. Are you? When do you start school again? I do not know. August? T- microphone. August, you maybe? You start in August? I are, don't know. Are you going to go back and hang out with your friends again? Yes, maybe. Yeah. Are you excited about that? Yes. Yeah? You're sick of mom? Are you sick of mom? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Well, that's good. <laughs> you got to live with her. So, and Dad's been home more, hasn't he? Uh huh. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Uh, do you play in your treehouse at all? I saw pictures of your treehouse. That's cool. Yes, I do play in that. Yeah. Do, if Mom doesn't know where you are, you're in the treehouse, aren't you? 
Snapey. <laughs> Does he go up there? Do you go up there with him? Sit and hang out in the treehouse? Yeah. Your dad? Yes. Yeah. It's still under construction. The fancy like shelving is getting put up and there's some, some what else? Is there a roof on it? No. No? Okay. We figured that would be too hard. But yeah. and also we already we don't even put any walls because that would be too hard also. But we do have a roof. Yeah. No, you don't. The leaves. The leaves oh. are your roof. Yeah. The tree's pretty big, isn't it, from what I saw? Yep. Yeah. And there are two trees right next to each other. Do you like your new house and your new room? Yes. Yeah. You love your new room way away from mom and dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Please. Where, what bed did he wake up in la- this morning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw I saw a video of your new room. It looks really cool. It does look yes. really cool. Yes, it is. Well, cool. Well, good job, guys. I got to go. I got to go back to work. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hold on, Jamie. Nice work, dude.